is football. Welcome to This is Football. Bienvenidos a This is Football, episode two. We have a couple new faces with us today. Let's get right into it and let's meet them. Who do we have first? Let's let's talk to Rolfi. No, let's go with Socio. Socio raises his hand. Go, Socio. Let's do it. Go for it, Socio. Oh, I was pointing at you. Um, <laughs> what up, my people? Everyone out there, shout out to you. Thanks for watching. Um, Brian, from mostly known as Socio, played ball with both of these guys and everybody else you see us here chatting with. I'm a habitual line stepper. So if I offend, if you get offended easily, I'm going to have a great time here. That's what we're here for. Oh, by the way, we can't see. Top of the table. What's your other Ask team? Ask me who man? I support. Ask me who I support. Who's your other, what other team do you support? Which other team? Oh, Ala Madrid. Ah, muy bien, muy bien, muy bien. Eh, oh. My name is uh, Renier, Rolfi, Reni. Go by many names. Play with a lot of people, too. They've been in episode one and now episode two. Uh, played as a favorite speech, mostly in the bench, but been there for a couple of championships, scored a few goals. Uh, and Le voy a Boca, Primitina Boca, Barcelona, those are my teams, Inter Miami. It has to win my heart a little bit, but uh, we're getting there. We are, we are getting there. That is, that is right. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, we will have uh, our other. Uh, Host Nico joined us a little bit later on in, in the show. He had some uh, some family stuff to tend to uh, uh, just right now as we start the show. But, uh, you know, I, I really wasn't going to do this, guys. We talked about it. We've been, actually been talking about it since Sunday. Uh, you know, our, our initial broadcast on Sunday, we talked a lot of Inter Miami. I didn't want to get into this, but, I mean, the biggest news to. of the day today was... We have was, to, bro. Yeah, the, the biggest news of the day was Sergi. You know, who, who is this obscure Ukrainian 31-year-old um, who apparently is, is you know, this great or good uh, center back that Neville, you know, w- uh, was talking about at his presser the other day? Take from the front line, directico. They said, come here. You look like you can handle it. When he back 31. That's the surprise. Que este dijo, I'm excited. No, nah, top defender, top. No, nah, I don't know, man. <laughs> To be honest, to be honest, hey. if if you're a good defender in, in Mercado de Pastas right now in Europa, his name would have popped out in any other league. Any Italia, and more being from Shakhtar, you know? In Italia, Alemania, Bundesliga. And Danny sent out the, the uh, uh, yeah. tweet about it. La Fichita, La Fichita. Yeah, so, so he, played, yeah, he, played, he played 12, 12 years uh, for Shakhtar Donetsk. And he had 145 appearances. So I mean, I didn't I didn't check the year to year on you know how much he played year to year, but yeah, on an average, that's 12 games like a year. My, and Europe, those are like my numbers. You play 90 minutes. Canada, you play 12 man. games a year. Right. Exactly. Right, yeah. Right. right. And then and in, in 12 years with the national team, he had 30 caps. So he he did score a few goals. You know, with Shakhtar, he did score a few okay. goals. You know, with with the national team. Um. You know, we have some of our buddies telling us, you know, give the guy a chance. Yeah, um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but. Uh, I feel you. I, yeah, Pedro. I'm not that hyped to say this guy. Oh, I'm excited for what we're bringing. Absolutely. Yeah. A I, 31 I, year old fantasma. I felt the hype was like uh, 
European Champions League team defender, and we got league defender. Link uh, me and say he's coming Fuera. later. I'll take that, but for this guy, right? Exactly, and, and and that's exactly how I feel. I mean, I'm really I, I was hoping for uh, at least somewhat of a big name, but you know we get uh, yeah. But Sergi. that's the problem with Inter Miami, man. We we're not a big name team. No, we're not. Our, so, our DP have big names. Are the only big name we have been is uh, Messi, and and it's on link up. Yeah. I don't know if, if that I want to take the team as uh, we look for uh, jugadores uh, del, del norte de Europa, la, estilo Sevilla, que buscan uh, por esos lados y sacan oro de entre la tierra. Yeah. The whole idea de, for selling in, in MLS, you can get people out, and we don't have like una un semillero de, de jugadores que vienen de abajo. Porque no, I mean, we don't. We don't give them a chance. Yeah, you have you have teams like Seattle who you know who had a 16 year old who started a, a bunch of games for them last year. You know, we don't have that in in ours. And, Bro, and we don't have a Maximo. Have, we don't. Do you you know Maximo Carrizo, the yes, New York City uh, yeah. FC? Yes. He's yes. he's a 14, 15 year old. He has a four, a first team, homegrown, uh, a first team uh, contract. Ya está entrenando con el primer equipo. And there's a hype around him. Do we have that? No. Right. Do we have a, a hype to have a Ricardo Pepe coming up and balling up? No. No. I have you not six feet tall. You don't want to. You're right. You're right. So, so I mean, at, at at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that we're very disappointed. This isn't the signing that we wanted, and you know, it, it's you know, we're we're really looking more from from the inner Miami front office and and from Chris Henderson and and his team of scouts uh, that he has uh, around the world. Um, so let, you I don't know, know let, around the world, right? I think it's only in one specific look, section. I hope, I hope, I hope he turns <laughs> out and shuts me up and yeah, he falls yeah. out, but... Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, I saw we'll the pictures what, and... We'll, we'll see what happens there. Let's welcome, <laughs> let, let's welcome in Nico here for, for this right. next segment. Um, there we go. As, uh, as we get more into this uh, into this Easy there, podcast. Nico. Welcome, ¿Qué pasó, muchachos? A ver, pará, 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 me está llamando alguien. Everything's good, man. We just finished talking about the disappointing internews, and and I want to get into uh, one last disappointed. Why disappointed on what? Well, we're we're really disappointed in in the the new signing and the new center back from Ukraine. Uh, you know, this thirty-one year old, this obscure player who you know nobody who nobody ever, who's ever really heard of him until they announced him at Inter Miami I today. Mean, he so. has been playing. He has been playing in the champion team in uh, Ukraine. So. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I mean, we, we, we did. We talked about that we, yet. Well, we, also, we, we talked about, the, we talked the about his 145 caps. And he, has, he has. He has good caps. It's not It's not a bad thing. It's true that he hasn't been playing in the last season in uh, in Shakhtar, but for various reasons. It's not just, you know, his age or his display on the pitch, but also because Ukraine hasn't had a league. So, so he might we'll be well-rested then. 
he's going to be well-rested. That's number one. And number two, we got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. We came out no, here. No, we, we came did. out. We all agreed. We all agreed. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I, well, there you go. I think that he's going to. I already see it. 40-yard pass to Ari Lassiter. La baja. My daughter there. Say hello. Hey. La baja tranquilito. Centro ahí a, a Joseph. Joseph se quita tres. Le da el pase no. a Campana y gol. Listo. Vamos. I'm gonna give him the benefit no, of the no, doubt. No, no, number no, one because no. number one because he's coming from Europe. Number two because he's a Ukrainian player, and as you guys know, that side of the world, those players, yeah, are they very, mixed. very tough. They mixed. They're, they're tactical and they're good with their feet. They're very no, tactical. Yeah. They're good with their feet, and he's come. I know that he's coming into an unknown league. I just don't I'm want. Pretty uh, sure, to be but a I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we actually needed something in the back line. And honestly, if that's the best the club could do, then we'll we'll, we'll have to see we have to see the results on the pitch. Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, we're running and pacey league y trajemos un defensor de 31 años from the middle of the war. Oh. Yeah. In we'll 25 see. days we'll see how we start, bro. We'll see we'll see what happens when we start. But let, let let's talk about the other big mm. news uh, from last week uh, Inter Miami news. Uh guys, we're finally going to get a stadium. At least that's what it looks like. Uh, we saw the, right the Miami Herald reported. Oh. Miami Herald reported that Mel Reese will close on um, on uh, March 19th. Uh, it has been reported that the Kendall Golf League is hosting its last tournament at at Mel Reese on March 11th. You going? Uh, so uh, I, I I might I might make an appearance. There might be a guest appearance by me. Couple swings there. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see what <laughs> I can do with a driver. You know, my my issue is the putting. Um, but what what I really wanted to ask you guys is. What's your favorite part about this project? Um, you know, this project of bringing uh, this stadium to to Miami, basically. Who wants to take it first? Should I go? Go ahead. Go All right. I, from MLS, it's always been that Inter Miami needs their own fan base and close to the city that they promised uh, to be in. That's always been the talk. Y lastimosamente, we've been to the stadium. The stadium doesn't get packed. We escuchamos ahí a Neville in press conference cuando están for playoff run y entre playoffs. Fans, come, come. Por más que vayan los aficionados, los que van con los tambores, las banderas eh, eh, y los papelitos y todo, el estadio no te da una atmósfera como eh, en Atlanta, en Portland, en Seattle. De nada. De de nada. nada. O sea, no hay una presión como tal eh, dentro del estadio y se necesita. Y yo creo que ese es un gran paso uno eh, para traer figuras para que la gente se emocione, para que el club vaya en la dirección que creo que todos los aficionados de, de MLS, todos los aficionados que quieran eh, que aquel Inter Miami le vaya bien y no sea solo un equipo más de dentro de MLS. And I think it was overdue. I think it should have been like priority number one. Eh, no hay descenso en MLS, so if we don't get good signings eh, or anything, and we just uh, try to play the, uh, the league and get the most points and see if we can get into playoffs and get a couple of playoffs games in that in the dry pink stadium. But uh, long overdue, man. Uh, I know MLS has been wanted the same uh, thing they're expecting from New York City FC uh, to have their own stadium. So I'm excited. I want to see a nice stadium uh, and, and go to the games, take my kids, and hopefully not, be, uh, not have thunder delays and be there for like three hours and only be, uh, be able to see first half. Yeah, dude, Absolutely. like uh, Juan said right there, dude, it's going to pop off. We, You have downtown, you have, bueno, estamos cerca del aeropuerto y eso, sí, you have the little Havana area, you have Coral Gables, you have Coconut Grove. Yo, it's going to be beautiful. I can't wait, bro. I can't wait. Bro, so, see, we're going to have more fireworks issues, pero... 
Te deja. Miami, I think Miami International Airport more línea. I think they're not gonna care. But I can't you? wait, bro. I can't wait. I think it was you? a bit overdue. I think it was a bit overdue. Um, of course. Yeah, I agree with Renier, you know, and a couple of topics. And at the end of the day, um, it's it's where we wanted the team. I know that some people said when the first plans came out, you know, it was going to be around Miami Beach area or Bayside area. And uh, we just couldn't happen. We just couldn't happen to make it there, you know. So I think he's going to be in a good spot. Very, very good uh, central piece to the city. And I can't wait. I can't wait to actually see the, the final product. <clears throat> Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I do agree with our, our, our follower there, uh, Feder, Federico. It is devastating news about losing that golf course as a, as a fellow golfer. But, but uh, you know, I, mean, I, really, no, I really no. hope you're right that, that, that the team is waiting for it to make that splash, yeah. uh, you know, when, when we get that stadium. When was the last time you went to Melrose to golf? Prior to KGL. Uh, two weeks ago. Prior Super. to KGL. Yeah, Not in two. preparation for KGL. You know. Two weeks ago. ¿Para qué? ¿Para ver dónde estacionás para cuando estén los partidos de Inter? Yeah. Where do I see the ticket seat? Yeah, exactly. Ah, section C, 234, right there. I guess, devastating for, I guess, the few, the handful of people, the 12 members that go and take off there. Yeah. Get rid All of right, it. Well, get rid of it. Let's, uh, let, let, let's get into uh, <laughs> probably the, the, the biggest part of the show so far since we started uh, This is Football. Uh, I want to welcome our, our first ever guest, Um, he's someone who I've shared the pitch with, uh, I've never shared, uh, the microphone with, um, he's, uh, the voice of, you know, of, of our wonderful Inter-Miami football club. Uh, he's commentated on a bunch of other football games. He's a producer of a little bit art show. And he also, uh, I believe hosts a podcast with the, the great Grant Wall. Uh, so I want to welcome Chris Whittingham onto the show. Uh, welcome Chris. Thanks for having me guys. How's uh, how's it going here on This Is Football this evening? Hey, my brother. Doing good, Chris. How are you, man? Doing good. How's everybody? How are you, Chris? Long time. No see. Good to see you, man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, man. We're we're excited here to get this new project, uh, you know, uh, you know, off and popping, and uh, uh, lifelong soccer friends here. Uh, we got a few more on the project, but but really, we're excited to get you on here. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting U.S. men's national team news that has come out. Um, it's transfer deadline day. Uh, I know you've been uh, keeping tabs on on Man City. Uh, my buddy over there, Socio, has been keeping tabs on Arsenal, uh, and Nico's <laughs> been keeping tabs on Liverpool. So, so or, or everyone, got, or, or we can say everyone on everyone. But 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 really, he's he's a Liverpool supporter. So we've got a lot to talk about here. Um, I really want to get into you know what happened to the U.S. men's national team at the World Cup. Um, you know, they, you know, they had a really interesting group stage with England and Wales uh, in it. And then kind of, a, a, again, an obscure Iran team. It was kind of a weird group. You had, you know, the U.S., England, Wales and Iran. You get two ties and then a win. And, and you know, you, you get through into that knockout stage, which is, I think, uh, was a win for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, I think looking on, on the World Cup as a whole, it's not just the manner in which they achieve the results, which I thought... They probably faded against Wales, and they, they could have done more to change the game. But I, I think in the overall, you look at the manner of the performance, there's so much to be pleased about when you look at the way the U.S. played in the World Cup. It, not just that they, they went there to try and achieve a result, but also do so in a particular style. I think the way that the U.S. plays 
carries more significance than perhaps it does with other countries. Other countries are there, are just there to achieve results. I guess, you know, Brazil uh, has to play with Samba Flair and the Netherlands have to play total football, although they didn't really at this World Cup. But I think the U.S. have to sort of set the benchmark for the sport and the country with the way that they play. And I thought that they did. I thought that they carried their flag really impressively. I thought they were really dominant for the first 60 minutes against Wales and then uh, kind of faltered. I thought they gave a really good account to themselves against England and then did what they needed to against Wales. Uh, And then it kind of comes down to, I think, in the game against the Netherlands, you just see really an overall wear and tear with the of the way that they tried to play and they just sort of ran out of gas. And look at the mistakes that they made in that Netherlands game. It was a bunch of players who had put in so much over the course of the World Cup, and they just didn't have cover. Tyler Adams probably should not have played every single minute of every single game, but he needed to. And I think that's because there isn't a suitable backup for him. I think the next four years are about building on the team that currently exists, building on the style that was implemented in the World Cup, and adding to it with more new players that are coming through, and hopefully a new generation of players is forming even behind this one, which is one of the best generations of American soccer players you've ever seen. Now, now, Chris, going back to what you said, um, do you believe that the U.S. has actually a style of play, or do you think that in this four, in this three and a half years, it's some time that we're actually going to have to develop that? Well, I think they did have one um, for the, the the last four years, and I, I think it was very clear uh, that Greg Berhalter was sort of implementing over the course of time from the first game that they played. Uh, he kind of almost implemented a Barcelona kind of system, which I thought was bizarre for, you know, to do with a bunch of uh, domestic-based American players. But yeah, the, the you reason know, why I ask is because yeah. in, the World Cup, in the World Cup, you know, we saw a team, we saw a team where they had an amazing performance against England that kind of like got everyone hyped, you know? Everyone said, okay, yeah. we, just, we just tied a, a very, very promising team, a team that it's supposed to be one of the candidates to actually make it all the way through and then that kind of faded when we played iran don't you think i thought i thought they were decent against iran i think the the one thing that you can definitely say is in the last 10 minutes plus stoppage time which you knew at the world cup was another 10 minutes uh they were sort of hanging on for dear life and that wasn't the best look but i think i mean we saw a lot of teams at this world cup that are of a higher level than the united states hang on for dear life Uh, i think for the most part they set about a way of playing. But to answer your question, though, I think it was defined under Greg Berhalter, and people can quibble with it for as, as much as they want. And there were certainly moments over the course of the last four years that weren't perfect, and I will certainly acknowledge that. But at the very least, he had an idea. And the one thing that is concerning for, for me going forward is because they, they've essentially gotten rid of everyone. It hasn't been officially confirmed that Greg Berhalter is not returning, although we can probably safely assume that it can kind of completely turn over. It can kind of be molded in the identity of somebody else. And that was the, I think my biggest quibble with how the, these last two months have gone since the world cup ended, or like a month and a half since the world cup ended, which is we don't really know what the United States is going to be in soccer over the next three and a half years. They can hire a super pragmatic manager and everything can completely change that it's sort of manager base as opposed to, this is who we are as a country. And there are some people on this call that are, you know, from countries where you know what that is, right? Yeah. Why, Daniel, you know, you know who they are, right? right you know right. who they've been for 20 years. It's right. a very defined style. <laughs> this is who we are as a country. I think the U.S. can still kind of be molded by a person. And I'm not certain that that's a good thing. Right, right. And, and I totally agree. And, and really, I think 
uh, I mean, kind of getting into, you know, you mentioned uh, Berhalter, you know, maybe not coming back. It's not certain. I heard Ale Alexi Lala say uh, earlier. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> well, maybe, well, maybe. I just, I just want to mention, I mean, I heard Alexi Lala say earlier this week that Berhalter is probably going to end up uh, with either an MLS coaching job or coaching in a small international country. So, I mean, I guess that kind of says it all. And, and really, I mean, I my question for, for Chris is, and, and then I can open it up to the forum, but is do you think that that has some fits to do with the Gio Reyna uh, kind of controversy? And if it does, you know, what does that show us as uh, fans of, I guess, secondary fans of U.S. men's national team that, uh, you know, what Gio Reyna's family has kind of this kind of aura over the U.S. men's national team or, or the organization? I think Greg Berhalter does deserve criticism for how he handled it. Not... I, I don't think that like telling Gio Reyna, setting expectations, saying this is what I think for you, or or even, you know, it's been reported since that, you know, uh, I think the Borussia Dortmund sporting director said that he's still not 100% healthy, uh, and he's been with the club for a few weeks now, ever since the World Cup ended. Uh, I, I happen to know that he was not 100% healthy at the World Cup. Uh, so I, I do think that that certainly plays a role, that his lack of health, uh, it played a role in him not playing as much, but I thought Berhalter mostly handled it well up until the point in which you talk about it publicly and talking about it publicly, albeit, you know, in an off the record forum yeah, exactly. uh, is, is, is what set the wheels in motion for why the Reynas decided to take this public because right. Greg took it public and the, I'm not, I'm not defending that behavior whatsoever. It's a domino I'm just, effect. I, it's a domino I, effect. I'm just, I'm just explaining why it happened, but, which is, when, yeah, it, was, you, it was two wrongs at the end. You can correct, have, correct. Yeah, it, was it was two wrongs, wrongs. but I mean, the, the second probably far bigger than the first. Um, but I either agree, way, yes. but either way, like it, it, yeah, his, yeah, his yeah, handling of it 20 something years back uh, because my son doesn't, play. yeah, that, that yeah. was low, correct, that was correct. Low. But which I mean, but ultimately, his handling had something to do with why that was out there. But, um, I now, I think, now I, I, don't, I don't think necessarily that if, that's we, the go reason, back, if but, we go back into performances, if you go back into performances, uh, and going into the world cup. Uh, yes, I do that. Berhalter had some criticism to do with this, but on the pitch, if we specifically talk about that, I don't think Gio Reyna made a huge impact in the last four or five games in the U.S. Well, I mean, what what's your favorite Gio Reyna U.S. goal? Was it the penalty he scored after they won the Nations League in a friendly in Salt Lake? For a moment, the, the right? Yeah, was like that he run he, he hasn't. And, and, Taking and like four or five guys, and that's it. That was the which, hype. And Arena. which, by the way, is not for me to say that I don't think that Gio Reyna is going to be oh, a really good player. Yeah. He's he's scored a Ta world yes, talent. Borussia Dortmund last weekend, but for the U.S., like I think Timothy Weah deserved the chance to play on the right wing. I think Christian Pulisic deserved the chance to play on the left wing. I think Musa McKenny and Adams is their best midfield. Like you just run out of places, and so right. like yeah. I, I, we I, even, I do... we even had to Berhalter even had to leave out. A player that was coming on fantastic form in his last few games at Leeds with Brandon Erickson. Yeah. And, and he, he didn't he, even have place for him. He did not start a game at the World Cup and he took it in stride, which is Correct. what a professional would which is what a professional does. So you know, in, in my view, um, I think Reyna did not cover himself in glory, but Burhalter didn't either. To, to answer your original question though about whether or not that actually affects his longer-term status. I, I think it, it has more probably to do with the level of respect that American coaches have that he couldn't... I mean, it, Berhalter got some credit. The U.S. got some credit over the course of the World Cup. But ultimately, who is the major European club or even mid-tier European club that's going to hire Greg Berhalter? 
I, I, I don't think I like. I, I just the... I think like if you think of the coaches that have gone to do big things and or done even moderate things in Europe, Jesse Marsh had a <laughs> obvious Marsh, yeah. link with, with the with the Red Bull Group, and Bob Bradley has you know put in twenty years and even still only lasted ten games at Swansea. Like Correct. big Americans don't get big coaching jobs in Europe. So right. it would have to be another international side, a smaller club in Europe, or an MLS or even club. Assi- or even assisting, assisting like Chris Maybe. Armas is doing now. Yeah, well, he's 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 joined up at Leeds, and he was previously an assistant at Manchester United. But cool. and, and I even don't like see Berhalter being uh, an assistant manager on any team. I think he likes his own project. He likes to be the the face of it. He's, and he's and even, even to, in Columbus, he's Columbus go back the to, players. Yeah, absolutely. So well, he's going to go back into the cycle of the MLS. Right. Well, and, t- and, t- and talking about coaches now, since now the U.S. men's national team is probably without a coach and, and, and actually without a sporting director and a GM since Ernie Stewart and, um, and uh, Brian McBride are on their way out as well. Uh, Anthony Hudson is currently coaching the team as, as an interim manager. Um, I know Socio did a little bit of research on him. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, what his opinion is on him. I, I watched a couple of, of highlights of the last couple games they played. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, I don't. You can't get a read on him. You, I, I don't think you can. Anthony he has the right the guy that stayed. Is the guy that stayed. So yeah, he he was the, the guy who was still under contract. Him right. and, so, and and, and one other. There's assistant. no other reason for for him to. If to if Luchi Gonzalez hadn't taken the San Jose job, it would have been. It would have been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So so I mean, really, the general consensus among everything that I've read, um, and I'm sure among everything you read, Chris, and 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 you guys <laughs> is. You know Jesse Marsh, Jim Curtin, or uh, Marcelo Bielsa, um, and actually that was what one of our one of our fans there wrote a right comment the about Marcelo we'll Bielsa. Jesse Marsh has no chance coming to the US. So Bielsa I mean, would be a dream. Yeah. So I mean, just just the, think about the, this: the next four years to a 2026 World Cup, there's no World Cup qualifiers. You only play friendlies. You only no. play Nations League. You only play World Copa Oro, and, and then Copa America. America. Okay, that that's about it. But there's no World Cup qualifiers, so that gives you. A handful of really good games, and then a few friendlies that you can get here and there. But in those friendlies, uh, fecha FIFA, there's Nations League in Europe. So, what good team can you play mm-hmm. against? No, maybe play a friendly against Mexico to <laughs> fill out a couple of stadiums, get that bag, and look look for another game. Uh, I would like to see a project to uh, build up players to, and I would, I think Bielsa or. El prototipo Bielsa, you know, should be yeah, yeah, the head coach. Yeah. Going into finding a right, finding the right coach for this type of players, this type of generation that we've got in our hands. Well, we say that every generation. We're only on generation three saying the same thing. We got to no, find. No, we gotta no, find. no. I believe this generation is probably arguably two, three steps ahead. It's the most the talented one have. ever. No, yeah, yeah. No, eso no lo niego. Of course, super talented, but come on. Who's your I mean, favorite, Chris? Uh, I I like the Bielsa shout. I'm I'm curious whether or not he's a fit for U.S. soccer. I know that like that sounds bad or that like it's sort of. Uh, I agree. That's why I say yeah, what am I, yeah. I? I need a fit. Yeah. Like that. But I mean, if if we're saying that the the United States is not playing that many games of, of significance between now and then, the one reason why I think Bielsa would be a tough hire, and I think in general for international teams, it's it's tough to pull off, is that. His style of play, for me, seems like it would require months and months on the training ground, which, by the way, he acknowledges himself because he was also linked with the job at Everton where you do get time on the training ground every day. And he went there and said, 
I want to manage the youth team and then I'll take over the senior team after the end of the season because I want to implement my ideas throughout the club and an interim can finish out the season because he recognizes that his ideas take time. And I've just always wondered, like, it doesn't really make much sense to me for him to fit into a national team. But if you have three and a half years where you're not really playing that many games of significance, maybe you can take the lumps of playing a full man marking style over the pitch. It's a crazy way to go about playing the game. But uh, if, if you gonna, if you get the commitment and they certainly have the athleticism to pull it off, I think you could. I, to me, what I'm curious about with this with this vacancy are the wild cards because I think I'm not certain that we know who actually the U.S. Soccer Federation is considering. It was reported by the Sun that they were in for Jose Mourinho. Seems impossible for me. I heard uh, that. But, but like you know, Bielsa, Jim Curtin. Those sorts of names are the ones that we know about. I'm curious, what are the names that we don't know about? Like, for example, today it was revealed that Gennaro Gattuso, the manager of Valencia, uh, is leaving. Would he be interested in this job? I don't know. But if, they're, if we're talking about being in the ballpark of Jose Mourinho, then maybe you're, you're in the ballpark of Gattuso. Like, I, I genuinely don't know how far-ranging this search is. We know that it can be very far-ranging, though, because the last time this job was open, uh, Julian Lopetegui expressed interest, and he would be an incredible hire for the U.S. Uh, Tata Martino was was interested. I don't know how much his stock has fallen after the failed experiment uh-huh. with Mexico, uh, but I think there there are lots of people that are out there. Um, I just saw you flashed a comment, Roberto Martinez. He was out there, but uh, he's, he's now the manager. He's, the manager. He's, done. he's the manager yeah. of Portugal now. Like yep. we, we, I genuinely don't know what's out there, and I think they're going to wait until the summer because <laughs> I think. We don't know who might get fired from the European club jobs. We don't know who might become available over the course of the next few months. You think Jesse Marshall drop a lead project and come over here? I think he would have to get fired. Yeah, but I do. But I do think, and again, this is this is somewhat informed. Yeah, that he would be very interested in being the U.S. men's national team coach. But if you're a manager of a Premier League team, you see that through to its conclusion. And yeah, they just yeah, backed yeah. him with the Fair. Weston McKenney signing uh, in, in this window. I think they bought another striker for $28 million in this window too, Leeds United. So they're, they're going forward to stay in the league. They, they're backing Jesse Marsh. That team will eventually be owned by the same owners that own the San Francisco 49ers, which is obviously an American-based ownership group. They appear to be really backing Jesse Marsh. And if you're him, I don't think you can leave that Premier League no, project yeah. until, and how about- until, you, until you failed. And like Ranier says, he takes all those boxes, that prototype. Jesse's interesting. I like him. Yeah, now now going back to it, if we understand that we're trying to get maybe a European coach or maybe someone from the from the region. However, I've heard a lot of names and every single name just plays about differently. So that that's mm-hmm. a concerning part to me, you know, because completely agree. I just I just don't know what they're trying to do as a plan and who are they trying to bring. When well, that's the thing. We don't have a GM or a sporting director, so we don't know exactly right. the direction we're going. <laughs> right. Who, by right, the way, right. will be hired first before the manager gets hired. Exactly. And, exactly. And like, so it, that's what Cindy Parlacon said. You know, it doesn't Blank. doesn't it doesn't make for interesting podcast content if we did the uh, who who are the sporting director candidates? Do you guys have anybody yeah, from, yeah. from, from <laughs> the Netherlands that you're interested I in? Claudio Reyna. Claudio Reyna, right? Oh no! Come on. We can't be having that. We can't be having that. But how about locally? How about locally? What you think? Who are the ones? Because I haven't heard those names, you know, yeah. on on different on different spaces. You, you'd you know, have to. I, I do have a lot, a few good uh, good candidates, but I want to hear Easy. yours. Oof. Yeah, I think I think you'd have to probably look towards MLS in in, in the executive ranks if we're looking for American based. I think John Thorrington would make a ton of sense. He's currently the sporting director at at LAFC. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a tremendous job, again, not just building like a great team, but also seemingly having a philosophy where you know when LAFC step on the field how they're going to play. Um, I would say, if not for the fact that he just took a job uh, moving from Seattle to Atlanta, Garth Lagerway, who's now the, the, the CEO of Atlanta. But um, again, it's one of those things where I feel like when the national team calls, any American is sort of like, at, yeah, at your service, I, yes, but but that, that that would feel like a that feel like a bad one for Garth Lagerway to you know make the big move across the country, take the money of Arthur Blank, and then leave after a few months before you've even played a game. So uh, yeah, I think you probably look towards the top or tier uh, the, the the upper tier of of American figures in MLS. Um, but I think again, that's going to be another global search um, uh, looking you know for a figure i think you probably look towards countries where you've seen influences before the netherlands might be one maybe england might be one i certainly think they should turn over every stone in south america and see if there's any any sporting figures there but um i i'm I'm not as it's not as it's not as exciting and i'm not as well versed in sporting director candidates as i am in uh, in coaching candidates and and do you feel like do you feel like there's good uh good sources as far as coaches in the u.s in the mls I think so. I think you, you can probably come up with, with a few candidates. I think Peter Vermees uh, at Sporting Kansas City. I think Jim Curtin at Philadelphia Union. Not just because he's doing well now and he plays a very particular style of play now that's coming from the top down, but he's coached well in two different styles. So um, you and can kind of... Renewed. Yeah, he has, he has not renewed. And it's a club that I, I think Jim Curtin probably thinks he can manage in Europe at some point. He's managing in sort of a very European kind of setup, but also not one that spends a ton of money. And and I think coaches like to sort of look towards jobs that allow them chances to spend money uh, more than, than the how ones about, that they're how at. How about Gio? How about Gio Savarese? Yeah, that was one of the names that I had read in, in one of the articles as an outside Interesting name. Interesting one. Well, the two were Gio, Giovanni Savarese and Tab Ramos, which although he had a really bad showing in Houston, yeah, um, he had, you know, he he had a, a he really successful run. Well, right, he had a successful run as a as a U.S. men's national team youth coach, um, and he's been connected to the U.S. men's national team system for a long time. So he wouldn't be a bad option. But I he's also like, Uruguayan, like by the way. Would, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that option will be a plan D or E Correct. type of option where you do your search in Europe. You do your search for the style that you're trying to play throughout this three and a half years, and then you just go with the closest guy to that. Completely agree. And I think this program has the chance now over the course of the next five months to shoot for the stars. And I think that's what they have to do because it's a home world cup. I know that there's not a lot in between, but I, I wonder if Qatar might be regretting the fact that they didn't with all the money in the world that they have really go for somebody big and they instead went for a relative unknown who while went through the levels in Qatar and kind of helped build the program from the ground up clearly didn't have the the big game experience to be able to lead that country in the world cup so um I I wonder what the salary amount that the U.S. can afford to pay is I for as much as you know we think the U.S. is sort of unlimited resources by virtue of where they are I do think that it's not a federation that's completely made of money that if they went out and spend eight to 10 million on a salary. That's a big expenditure for them. Uh, so I wonder what ballpark they're playing in, but um, I think that they should try every big name, every kind of figure that could get people excited. I'm not a big Jose Mourinho guy. I only bring him up because it was reported, uh, but I mean, it would, it would certainly draw headlines to get people excited. Um, but I, I think that's the sort of 
stratosphere that the U.S. should at least shoot for. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of this stuff won't leak, so they can you know make calls and make overtures to agents. And it was reported that they made an overture to Z- to Zidane, and Zidane was like, "Nah, yeah, I'm good." Uh, they, like, but honestly, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're shooting at that level because that's yeah, sort of where yeah. they should be. Getting to your your best in MLS should sort of be fallback options, I think, at this point. Absolutely, Agreed. absolutely. Well, I think we should get really get into transfer talk because I think that's that's going to be the most exciting. And if you want to stay on, Chris, a little while longer, and uh, and uh, you know, debate. Yeah, give us your on, take on off your team, man. Give us your take. Beloved citizens. I'll give my take and then I'll, on on my team and I'll jump off. Uh, so, Joel Cancelo, where did that come from? Uh, and from and a little fight with Pep Guardiola. I know, I know. I saw yeah. his report in the Daily Mail. They yeah. got into a fight with Pep Guardiola, and also I saw a clip today that that was. Uh, recycling of pep guardiola doing an interview with rio ferdinand and yeah. you know, he was he was like uh so rio asked him so I, how do you keep this going and he goes you played for six title teams how like sir alex ferguson always changed the, the team yeah. you always got to keep changing the team but it's so weird to me how it happens from one day to the next because Cancelo, you know didn't miss a game last year didn't really miss a game in the first half of the year an academy kid comes up and you know, plays from and plays some right back for them, and all of a sudden, all right, Joe Cancelo, no, you're expendable. Dude. You're you're yeah. good. Get out of here. And it's just wild to me how, <laughs> how like how quickly it happens. Um, but I, that's, I, the, I've, that's the luxury that a Manchester City team could only have. But, but the, the the fallback option is the fallback option still an academy player. Like that's not. Yeah. Like yeah, because so, like they're they're richer than any other team and like like they're, they're deciding hey man we're gonna go win the Champions League and our our A one right back is gonna be an eighteen year old academy kid. Oh, well, you got Kyle Walker. You got Kyle right, Walker. That's true. Kyle Walker's that's true. gonna play. That's so true. He, even though Rico Rico Lewis is actually playing right now, I mm-hmm. feel like he's adapting into the system. And Pep is giving him this Cor- time, correct? Because he's managing time. He's managing the game time for players for the most important part of the season, mm-hmm. which is coming up in the next months. But I also wonder, because Cancelo operated a lot as a left-back for them too, I wonder as well, like, are, are they going to continue? Uh, they have to because they, they didn't sign any more players. They're going to have to play more as a center-back. Or, or center-backs yeah, in, in, in full-back area, yeah, right? Yeah, the three center-backs. It shifts when they have the ball, and then uh, when they don't have the ball, they kind of you know spread back feel, out to a four. I, I also feel like Pep took in consideration – the rise of the performances by Nathan Ake this year. Mm-hmm. I think he's been a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. Might be the best uh, center back City has played so far this year. Yeah, I mean, Ruben Diaz has been hurt all season. I think John Stones has acquitted himself really well when he's, he's been asked to play right back. Um, but but he's, been, he's been back and forth. You know, he's, yeah, been, that's fair. he's had that's his fair. lumps and he also had his injuries. So I just wonder, as, as they move towards the end of the season – there there have been times in the last month in particular since the World Cup where I don't feel like I'm seeing City at their very best. It's been a while. I li- actually I th- despite the fact that despite the fact that Erling Holland is probably going to set the Premier League record for goals in a season. They haven't been any better. They haven't like they, 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 they haven't like their their overall play is not as prolific. No, the, 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 like, don't worry, Chris. Like I'm going to put I'm going to put all your bad feelings to rest. Jorginho going to Arsenal is 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 literally the cancer, and that's it. They Jeez. just handed the league over to, oh, to Man stop. City. So, stop. so that's what I'm saying. No, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying Man City. Jorginho Jorginho's gonna be playing Europa League Never. and off the bench. Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey is still the base of the, the, the base of the midfield there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Back. But I don't know. I still I, I still have faith. I'm calling it right now. A tie and a W in these two matches that we have with City. 
Could be. Right Could now. be. All right. We'll, we'll see. see. I am a W. Only time will tell. Only right, we'll time see. will tell. We'll you see. just got to remember that the professor is playing the student. <laughs> yeah, look what the, the professor is fucking up. Telling his best assets. <laughs> Zinchenko? Oh, my God. What a steal. Steal of the yeah, season. That is, that is the same thing. Zinchenko's a beast. Of all... yeah. Intelligence. His IQ is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Watching him now? In an... Yeah. I said at first, I'll admit it. Because I was a big Tierney fan. Old school left back. And I was like, yeah, nah, Zinchenko's coming to, you know, just in case Tierney loses it. Yeah, right. Tierney lost it, the first one. He hasn't been backed. He hasn't been backed. Zinchenko's a beast, man. He's a, he's a really good player. And it's one of those where that's, I always. That's a, a why I never understood why he left. I, I get it. He wanted to be starting. But, but, but guys, it's 30 Pep. Million. Pep, 30 Pep's that type, type of coach. Pep has that luxury. Pep, Pep is the type of manager where if you're not happy at it, there's a door, you know? We'll go yep. and find someone else. And he was always the 11th best player on the field at Manchester City. He always kind of like, even from when, I mean, when he signed originally, he signed as an attacking midfielder. And so, yeah. like, when they moved him to left back, he's like, what am I doing here? And he always kind of seemed like, and, and I, I always notice this when City play away at Anfield. I hate that place. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, like, there was, always, there was always the 11th best player on the field. It was Zinchenko at times. It was, you know, Otamendi at others. It was, like, I've seen a number of players where it's like, God, you're the 11th best player, and I really wish you weren't playing right now. But Zinchenko, for me, kind of felt like that guy. And I actually think it's a credit to him and Jesus and Mikel Arteta for the way that he's been able to bring those players more to the fore when they were rotational pieces for City and turn yeah. them into key cogs. And honestly, you know, Jesus was such a big part of the first half of the season, and now that he's been hurt. And, and to me, like, the sign of a good team is you lose players and the players don't define you. And Eddie Nketi has, cut in and has come in and has not been a prolific striker up until now but it's playing really well right now. And I think it's because the overall system <laughs> in Arsenal is buzzing right now. Like you can plug anybody in there, it seems like right now, and it works. And yeah. that for me is like, yep. when, when, whenever you hear a team say, oh, we need a striker, that's because your team's not functioning. Like it's like, oh, a, yeah. a striker will fix it. Your team isn't functioning. And so like, you're not creating the good enough chances for the players up top and you need some you know, like 25 million pound striker to bail you out. Like, that's, for yeah. me, not a sustainable route towards fixing your problems. Arsenal have actually fixed their problems because they could probably put anybody up there. They could put Martinelli up there. They could put, they can bring Faller and Balogun back from loan, and he would score goals for Fantastic, Arsenal. Fantastic, lad. So a I, perfect I think, example is this past City game. We still made six subs, and the system yes. was the same. Yes, touches here and there lacked, obviously, because it isn't the starting eleven. but the system was still the same. Yeah. Gave, gave, City, gave City a really good game, a really tough game in the FA Cup when City were clearly taking it seriously yeah, because yeah. they kind of recognized, all right, we got to beat Arsenal to kind of set the tone for yeah, this series. Exactly. But I actually think Arsenal in losing might have set the tone a bit more because they were still really good. Thank they gave themselves you. a good game. There was a key moment in that game that I feel like I feel that Arsenal made the push towards the end of the deadline to bring in a center midfielder because of what they saw in the game. And that was a sub-off of uh, Thomas Partey I think it was like minute yeah, 60 or something. 60. And, and the team and... completely got outplayed after then. So that's a big pillar of the team that they uh, knew that they needed to get someone on the, yeah. on the transfer deadline. And I'm I'm not glad because I, I don't want Arsenal to win the title. We have a lot of Arsenal supporters that are unbearable. You so worry about mid-table, Bobby. You worry about mid-table. If they win, they're going to turn out to be worse than some of my Argentine colleagues. Can't hear you colleagues. from up here. <laughs> 
I can't hear you from up here. Top of the league, baby. But again, going back to that, um, the 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 almost signing of Moises Caicedo kind of pushed the team to actually get a center mid. Yeah. And I think Jorginho is going to turn in fantastically. I, I see a lot of uh, hate, or if you don't want to call it hate, you know, a lot of nah, yeah, I Arsenal. I'm fifty fifty on it. Jorginho, I get it. I think I think he brings the experience. It. I think he brings the experience hey, that that so. team needs. You know, no, and the calmness. Yo, he does. He brings a horrible. I mean, a bag of experience. A bag of experience. I saw that first as he's gonna slow up, slow our tempo coming out of the field. Pero thinking long run towards the end of the season when hopefully we're still ahead. He told us, and it's a long. You need a player like that to kind of hey, all right, let's let's knock it, let's calm it down. So I'm trying to be positive, but at first I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't really like it. I don't know. I still again, think it's he's going to come back. I spoiled and I was um, teased first. First, I lost Mudrik. That kid's going to be a beast. And oh, then, bueno, Caicedo yes. flirted, and then he sent out that, that Instagram. That I, I saw that Instagram post, and I was like, all right, we got it. We got, Nah. The Zerbi said, no. Matumbo does. No, no, no. <laughs> go, go rest. Go, go with your wife. Tranquilo. But, hey, man. It's going to be a great second half of the season, though. I'm excited. It is. Definitely looking forward to the second half. So, all right, Chris. Well, we'll let you. We'll let you get out of here, and uh, we really appreciate you for joining hey, thank us. Thank you, Chris, my brother. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, gents. Good to see you guys. All right, thank man. you, Chris. Take care, man. Have a good one. Club out. All right, all right. So, so that was that, that was great, guys, for having our our first uh, our first our first guest. I think we can continue talking transfer maybe for a, a few more minutes, and then. Uh, maybe you should, uh, answer some questions from some of our talk our, about the transfer uh, of the guests. day. We talked about a lot about a Premier League, Ooh. but we did not talk about the transfer Ooh. of the day. All right, let's see. 130 million, yeah. million euros. I think he's in this picture around here. In my background, unreal, unreal. What you guys think about that move? Overrated. Paid I think I think 120 million too much. Yeah. Well, he I becomes think it just became an obsession from. Chelsea. Well, he becomes the highest, the highest ever paid Argentinian player for a transfer ever. Is that isn't that correct? He becomes the highest yeah. transfer yeah. ever for a Premier League club. For a Premier League club, yeah. well, also for más caro, el, el fichaje más caro de Premier, todo. And also for the most expensive, also, most expensive player for Benfica, sold too as well, right? No, no, no Darwin. Joao Felix was one. Joao Felix was one, and he's two, and Darwin was three. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. What do you think? You 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 guys think that he's gonna adapt in Chelsea? I think he'll take a minute. I just it's gonna uh, take a minute. But that team on paper is no. Rowdy. I, I don't think it's gonna take a minute. I think I, think I don't think, gonna, think he's gonna I make. Think this a, is a perfect time. Yeah. Creo que como 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 yeah, con Benfica, como con Benfica en Champions en Liga Sagres o Primera Portugal, he's just gonna take uh, control of the midfield, comandar, ser el dueño del mediocampo. I think he uh, he proved in the World Cup, not seven games like Socio says in the chats. Uh, but I think he's going to be a, a good addition to Chelsea. I just think it was if if we, they would have waited for next season, they wouldn't pay that much, knowing that Benfica and Rui Costa how they like to to work around, how they like to sell. And I don't know. It looks like one of our fans, one of our fans, says that he's going to hate London in a month. So you know, <laughs> I, I've personally never been to London. Um, I don't know if one of if one of you three have. Um, I don't know what the food is like or not, but I mean, let's beautiful, let, let, beautiful summer in London, bro. Raining every day. Nice. There you go, man. There you go. 
I mean, another one of our fans here, he, he wants to know, uh, and this is probably towards our Liverpool fan, uh, but he wants to know when, when is Darwin going to start banging them in? And and I think I agree. I mean, uh, Klopp, keeps, Klopp keeps telling us, you know, he's going to bang him in. He's going he's gonna to bang him in. I trust Klopp. I think he's going to bang him in. What do you do think? Do you really trust Klopp, though? He, well, he, Darwin lo entró la, el, el partido pasado en on the wing with Cody. You guys also said Gakpo's not coming into bench Darwin with Darwin the last five games. Sentadito. To be honest, he had an injury. So I just can't, can't really talk. You can't really talk and say. With the injuries oh, and everything, he hasn't, hasn't found he his hasn't starting number. Uh, that number one. Number two, the, <clears throat> they know, the club knows that the season's over. The season has nothing to be played for. Uh, top four might take a miracle, like maybe Brian, last Brian year. flipped it on you. <laughs> maybe last year uh, against uh, when uh, Allison scored that header. You know that type of miracle is probably going to be needed to make a top four. Uh, what worries me about the club, not in not in general, because I know that Darwin, once he has the right players around him, he's going to start banging in goals left and right. Yeah, you sold the wrong African. Has, I've been saying he has all the ta- he has all the right tangibles to be played. Uh, nobody's nobody saying he's a bad player. We're saying that. Oh, of course it, not. But he the has team the is bad for him. Around him. Yeah. See? Yeah, oh, you can, yeah. then you can the say the same, say the same case about Cody Gapo. Cody Gapo was a guy that was coming up 25 goals and 10 assists in the past four months. He comes into a Liverpool team that yeah, but doesn't have the style like of play that Nowadays, you get a six-month highlight and you get paid rowdy. Thousand injuries. There was a, there was some news today that Konate is injured. That makes seventeen hamstring injuries in the oh, past yeah, four months. You know, Wait so those are problems. Those are problems that you also had to gotta take in. You know, when it comes to the form of a player and when it comes to the style of the player, I think that Darwin and uh, Gapo are gonna be really really good players for them. Also, you started and, your season with the and whole. And we'll see. We'll see next year. What worries me about next year is the lack of commitment to sign players this window. And the reason why I say that, that is window, because the summer window. The reason why I say that is because um, by not signing anyone this window, you're going to have a lot of players that are going to be sent off from the squad next year. You know, you're going to have Milner, you're going to have Keita, you're going to have Oxley Chamberlain. You know, you're going to have a lot of midfielders primarily that are going to be, you know, giving off in their contracts, and that's a that's an issue because. Uh, when was the last time? Unless, unless this transfer window that Chelsea, Chelsea just had, where they paid over four hundred million dollars for all their players, I haven't seen any other transfer window where a team just goes crazy and signs three, four, five, six players in high numbers, well, especially that, because that, of how, especially I'm not because of how Chelsea. the market is today. Man, I'm I'm the Bowley giving out eight and a half year yeah. contract. Yeah, man. Several records over. Yeah, but even, but even if you, even if you do, even if you do give them eight and a half million. Contracts, you're still paying the clubs 100 million, 150 million for players that you know, yeah, you're seeing 10 million. Kind of a risk. The only thing Chelsea, I'm not a fan of Chelsea. The only thing is, I get it why they did it now is because Todd got now this is his transfer window. It's like, yeah, all right, like now I'm, gonna make, I'm breaking the I'm rules now make, before yeah. they change them. <laughs> I'm gonna make my team, <laughs> FIFA, you want to send your comunicado? I cannot make eight year contract, all right. I'll take that into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Next window, Next window. this one, this this one, I'm gonna do eight for you, eight for you, eight for you, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, and let's build this team. And all right, Graham, do your thing, bro. Seen from um, well, let's from, talk about the biggest. The 
Let's talk about the biggest free agent out there we, on the market that didn't resign. Before we do that, before we do that, why don't you ask people to send us some questions, man? Send us some questions. Yeah, I mean, we've had a couple of questions here. Um, I right, should... ask, does anyone know how many games Liverpool were scored on in the first 15 minutes? That's a good point, bro. You got our mask off. Antes también. It's, bro, I'm telling you. You sold the wrong African. Also, you you get that also, bread. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to get into that. I don't even want to get into that argument. That was a good energy. I don't even want to get into that argument. It proves it right now. Look at you. It doesn't prove it. It doesn't prove anything because the guy hasn't had to touch it that he had. Top of the world. Without Mane, 10th place. Luis Diaz has played a max of six games this season. Jordan security guard. Still, you started your season with that, like, Nuarron encima con lo de manejando al Bayern and Salah's uh, new contract. Oh my God, he's going. Salah's going to leave. Salah's going to leave. You can't, no. but you can't say that the they signed the wrong player because put him over the club. No, 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 no. no. I'm not saying last year, the finish of the last season, Luis Diaz was the best player for Liverpool. But I'm not saying he had a bad championship. Hey, thank I'm not you. saying that you sold that wrong player. I'm saying that you started your season with that, that, that yeah, Correct. that weird, that weird energy around it, and that maybe just shifted your that. season. Not only that, that. It, was a, it was an addition of things. You had you started with that that win, the guy that was coming yeah, in fresh, chemistry, your chemistry. new signing gets a red card. Unfortunately, you know that takes a toll. That takes a toll on the player. It's three ten, three games that he's been suspended. So it's you know it, it's difficult for a player to actually catch the rhythm. Once he started catching the rhythm, then all the injuries in the middle have happened. You know, so it's not really it's not really to say or to analyze or to even debate that the the reason why Liverpool's debut, uh, you know, crisis Dude, is because of <laughs> shortest prime of a team ever, man. Two, couple of years. It's a professional. He doesn't know how to not get a red card. Don't get a red card. Why are you headbutting a guy in your first game? What do you think you are? This isn't La Liga Potrero that this guy watches yeah, up there. It's not a Liverpool Nacional, man. It's Liverpool, it's Liverpool West Ham or whatever game. Liverpool Norwich. Let me headbutt this guy. I know my authority. All right, that is my game. He learned. He learned. How many did they give um, Cavani for hitting the Marley? Oh, that 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 I didn't read. I didn't read uh, what the what the sanctions were. I think it was uh, five games, four games, six games. For for what? In the work of for yeah, so I will, I just really what I want to ask is I want to ask you guys uh your prediction on on the biggest free agent that's left on the market uh before hmm. we close before we close out and the name starts with the L. Lionel Messi, he didn't resign with PSG, as we all know. Um, so he will most likely be a free agent. Anytime. He can sign. He can. He can. He, he but, can, but my he question can negotiate to you, right now with anyone that he wants. That's the, and yeah. and that is my question. My question to you, to the three of you, and then I'll give my prediction: is where does Leo Messi, you know, Lionel Messi, end up playing uh, the next season? I'll take this one first, if you yeah. guys don't mind. Go 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 go. Con el corazón. I would like to see Ooh, a last dance. Give me one second. Uruguay 1-0, Colombia sub-20. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do wish a last dance. I think uh, there's pieces around the Thank team. You, and, 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 uh, in Barcelona, the, with Xavi, with Gabi, with Pedri, Busquets uh, Chao, que se venga el Inter Miami, Frankie, and I, I think it will be special for him. 
the next season they don't play in Barcelona because it's going to be va a estar remodelándose. But I think it will be special. Now, I think he's going to renew with PSG. I think he's going to stay in PSG. Uh, more so because uh, I think PSG is going to get rid of one of the big three that they have. And I think Neymar is going to uh, uh, go maybe Newcastle. Yeah. I think, I nah. think this, this is not info. Ooh, hey, that's a rowdy tip. No, that's a rowdy yeah. one, though. Yeah, I think Neymar is going to end up in like Newcastle. I think Newcastle is going to do crazy signings uh, to, no, play, uh, to fight for Premier next year. And I think Neymar is going there. Therefore, Messi will stay in PSG. No veo a Messi yendo a Manchester City con Guardiola, más porque Guardiola no nah. lo ve y no lo va, no lo va a buscar. Nah, nah, no se van no, sí. Y no veo a Messi coming to, to MLS and, and play. At least not, not sí. yet. I'm the opposite in the sense that I think it would make more sense coming here, seeing as he wants to make it to 2026 and defend it, which I get it. I respect oh, it. Oh, he's Do cruising you? in PSG. So, venirse acá. Sí, pero allá regaja un poquito más. Acá va a estar tranquilo de febrero a tarde. No sé, se te, cruza, se te cruza un defensa ucraniano en, en, la, en el entrenamiento y te parte de ahí. Puede pasar de todo, ¿eh? Tener razón, tener razón. This is. Oh, ta, ta, ta. Yeah. I don't know, that. About the old hype, though. Y también con el de Busquets, ahora este tampoco sabe, no quiere poner el huevo. He doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. 75% done. He's, to what? To the Kings, they're all mortal. 75% done. Uh, Charity told them he wants uh, Busquets to stay one more season. But 75% done. Summertime. Uh, Summertime. Inter Miami was out there watching him. Yeah, well, the whole world watches Messi, man. That's not, that's nothing new. My take on Messi. My take on Messi. If Messi you ask me, to... if you ask me before the he World Cup, I would have said 100% Messi stays in PSG next season. If, what, if, what, Cup, if he wouldn't have won? After the World Cup, <clears throat> knowing, knowing that everything that happened, you know, him winning the World mm -hmm. Cup and being really, really happy with the team because you got to also understand that as well. This guy goes place to place with, with Argentina and he loves it there. He loves his team. He loves his staff. He loves the environment. Now, he goes back to PSG and I'm not so sure about that. I'm not sure that he feels the same way that he feels with Argentina than with PSG. So that that has given me... It's uh, awkward. Papa that has given me a little thought of, to say maybe... I wouldn't say 50-50 chance he doesn't sign back, but at 70-30 that he's he's going elsewhere. But that elsewhere could only be three places. Going back to Barcelona, which is very, very hard at the moment because their relationship with Laporta is so great. Un cagón if he goes back over there, bro. <laughs> going to, going to uh, MLS? Which ideally will be Inter Miami yeah, because of all the yeah. links that have you know that have transcended in the past. And the I last one, and I the last the one, I feel like it might be it might be maybe one I season guess. in in New Orleans. But I, it's again, it's going to be very very oh, difficult. Yeah, it's going to be very very difficult because of because of the because of the place, because of the stadiums, uh, and the uh, infrastructures are really really bad. So. Ya, ya veo la barrilla de Marco Rojo para quitarle la pelota y... Álvaro dice, Gaby, going away the five and six. Para con Gaby, bro. Gaby, Gaby, great player, great signing. Fucking boy, for another day. He's going to wear number six, Alvarito. 
what do you what do you think uh what do you think socio uh what do you what do you think messi ends up oh like i said my brother optimistically come over here especially if he wants to go to the copa america and, and all that stuff come over here play la concacaf champions league and acabamos de inventar three games ahí por un mes then the league tranquilito asadito play, South Beach. Cup, play concacaf champions oh, league BT, you feel me yeah. play against oh. jamaica bandits uh an i mean game. that that would be my dream obviously um i think and that would be PSG, Miami's what if PSG yeah, was the champions league that's what i think too i think he ultimately ends up resigning with psg but if but obviously you know my my preference would be for him to come here i think that's the three of our preferences and every inter miami fans preference um, oh oh he goes and teams up with the goat or the saudi arabia He's rumored. Well, there was a rumor that that Messi was offered 300 million a year by Al Al Hilal, so that might still be on the table. He needs to feel the trend, So there will be a new El Clasico, Al Hilal versus. In, versus the, the, right, by the versus, time by the time this is even offered that contract Cristiano Ronaldo will no longer be there because of how disastrous his play has been in the past three games that he's played well, that in the team had a 13 game win streak and ever since Ronaldo got there not only did they lose both games that he's played they also lost the Super Cup against one of the rivals ah, yeah, That's But thank you everybody for joining us on, on our second episode of This is Football. Muchas gracias por estar con nosotros en This is Football, nuestro don't segundo episodio. Yeah, yeah don't subscribe. forget to subscribe. Don't forget I'll, to I'll say I'll say the words that I hear from, from my Follow daughter. Me on Twitter. Hit like and subscribe, guys. Oh That's yeah. Right. And don't forget to hit the little the little bell so that you get the notification when uh when our uh lives come out. Uh we we, we should right. be doing one. another Next one. one. Danny. Yeah, next one is a little uh, hints. A little, a little hints oh, for wait, next we one. We want fans, brother. Don't scare them. Let's drop some hints for the next one. We're gonna have a uh, guest. Another guest. Another guest. This uh, time, fire. Player. All right. All right. All, All right. right. So a player. All right. So, that, so you just give the league he played in last, and that's it. Various leagues, but the MLS. All right, so 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 we have an MLS player coming on coming on the podcast next time. Um, do we have a date set for that yet? Or uh, at the end of the week. At the end of, end of the week. week. Okay, so on Friday there will be a podcast where we will have an MLS player. Um, that's super exciting, and uh, you can follow us on our social medias. Um, we all have all all of ours here, um, or you can follow us at the uh, This Is Football social media. Uh, it'll be posted uh, at the bottom of our of our YouTube. Uh, thank you again for joining, and uh, we'll see you next time.
This is football. 